Welcome to this Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cottrell, the founder and CEO of Law in Sport. Our special guest today is Brett Clothier, who is the former Head of Integrity at the AFL in Australia and is now the Head of Athletics Integrity Unit of the IAAF, which is an independent body of the IAAF, responsible for looking at a whole host of integrity matters. Uh, Brett, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much, Sean. Great to be here. Uh, we just had um, what we just had the numbers announced today: record attendance of the World Champs. Um, quite a good time to be joining the IWF. <laughs> yeah, well, I only uh, started uh, at the Athletics Integrity Unit um, a couple of weeks before the Champs, so um, it's been an incredible introduction. Uh, a lot of work to do, a lot to get my head around, um, but yeah, it's been very exciting. And for those that this is a new body, so the uh, Athletics Integrity Unit is a new body set up by the IWF amongst a whole host of other uh, governance reforms that have taken place. Can you describe what your role is and also how the Integrity Unit is structured? Sure. So um, the IWF uh, went through um, uh, an incredible governance reform process, as you said. Um, a big part of that, a central part of that, was forming the Athletics Integrity Unit as an independent body to govern all integrity matters in the sport. So the um, independence of the Athletics Integrity Unit is enshrined in um, black and white in the constitution of the IAAF now, um, in all the rules relating to um, the Integrity Code of Conduct and the Anti-Doping Code. Um, So there's really strong uh, independence and checks and balances uh, in place to ensure the Athletics Integrity Unit is independent. the unit itself is governed by an independent board, which is chaired by David Howman, former Director General of WADA. Um, the other board members are uh, Dr. Andrew Pipe and uh, Mark Peltier, um, as well as uh, Abby Hoffman, who's an IWF Council member. Um, she's a non-voting member, so only the, th- the three independent board members are the, are the voting members. So that's a board that um, governs the operations uh, and activities of the Athletics Integrity Unit and in my role as head of the unit I report to that board. Um, We've got a small team at the moment of six or seven people um, but that's going to build quite rapidly over the next 12 months um, uh, as we uh, begin to function under our remit which as you said is quite a broad one. And so um, one thing I did think was interesting, I should probably just flag when I was reading through, doing the research for the, for the interview, was that uh, the chair of the board doesn't have a cast, doesn't have the deciding vote. So it's even in the constitution of that board, mm. there has to be um, a majority, but the, but the chair of that board does not have the, the casting vote, which I thought was interesting as well. So it can't be... Um, just driven by the the, the chair. Yeah, the, I mean, and that's a theme that um, plays out through all the governance reforms. There are lots of checks and balances on the system um, in various places. It's a really it was a really strong um, piece of work by the IAAF. Um, it obviously emerged out of um, great controversy, um, and uh, IAAF being at its lowest ebb. But they really, in my view, did a great job in uh, the strength of the reforms. And there's a lot going on there, but before we go into some of that, um, could you just explain what integrity is in terms of your function? Because I think in sport and in sports governing bodies, you hear 
the word integrity banded about a lot. And some people mean it in terms of just an anti-doping. Some mean it in terms of ma- match manipulation and sports betting. Some people mean it is in the governance. So, so can you just describe what it is for, for you in your role um, and how you deal with each of those? Yeah, sure. So the first area, of course, is anti-doping, um, which uh, is obviously a, a crucial integrity risk in athletics. Um, but where it's a pretty unique um, unit because our remit's broader than just anti-doping. It also encapsulates other um, integrity risks in sport. So any fraud or manipulation in connection with the competition itself, so things like match-fixing, um, manipulation of results, um, uh, fraud in relation to transfer of allegiance or any um, uh, matter that relates to the sport. Um, also, we uh, our remit covers... Um, uh, officials working in their capacity as at the IAA, with the IAAF or in connection with the IAAF. So if there's any corruption allegations, it's our job to look into those. Uh, so it's a very broad remit, um, uh, but one I think uh, it works really well for our unit to have uh, a broad range of responsibilities because it allows us to create synergies in the work we do and in our functions and build scale in the department and in the end become a lot more effective. Well, yeah, one of the um, things I thought when I was looking at this is that no doubt then you're going to have a central intelligence database which you're going to be using um, because no, uh, often there is an overlap, as you probably saw in your previous role, between mm-hmm. some of the uh, criminal elements uh, with anti-doping, with the match-fixing, with uh, or previously the IWF with certain officials behaving inappropriately for a whole bunch of different areas. So um, there's probably... Yeah, you're in a, a relatively unique position um, to sort of be, a, I guess, a leader in the in the sports sphere in this area. Yeah, well, we think it's uh, this is the first international federation to set up a unit uh, of this kind, um, and uh, I used to operate under that um, uh, structure uh, at the Australian Football League. In terms of our unit, had um, uh, a responsibility for all those integrity issues. Um, the important thing is that, and this is relevant to the fight against anti-doping, is that the next part of that fight really needs to focus on intelligence and investigations. Um, and those, uh, when I talk about synergies, those skills, uh, good investigation skills, good intelligence um, gathering skills, really apply across any integrity issue. Um, and that's what I mean about creating uh, scale and synergy in what you're doing. You have the people with the right skills, and they and they work very cross uh, effectively across all those areas. Um, but there also is crossover as well. So understanding the environment, uh, who the people are in the industry, who um, uh, the people are who can affect the integrity of competitions, um, is something that applies equally across all the integrity issues. Um, and you do often see interconnections between um, issues that arise, for sure. And presumably you're, um, not to labour the point, um, but presumably then um, your skill base in terms of gathering that intelligence so you can actually have intelligence that could be used in a successful prosecution of someone is going to be invaluable because that seems to be where one of the areas that a lot of international innovations fall down on is they don't have that capability. Yeah, so um, the... The team uh, before I came along um, have a good intelligence function in relation to uh, doping testing, um, but it's under-resourced at the moment and we're 
definitely our, one of our first points of order is to build on that and resource that up. Also to resource our investigations function really well. Um, and all that's going to be underpinned with great technology. We need to, um, you know, in everything we do, um, technology needs to be at the heart of it. Um, and so that'll be a huge part of um, uh, our planning over the next little while. Um, and also the other major area that um, we'll be building out is our um, education functions. And that'll also be underpinned by technology. We need to be able to reach as many athletes um, as possible across all age groups and do it in a way that's um, really effective for the young cohort of people that they are. So technology will be at the heart of that as well. Fantastic. I think that's one of the um, areas that I... I'm probably too opinionated on these things, but I get quite frustrated <laughs> about because there's a difference between providing information and educating, isn't there? There's a quite a distinction there between you know, someone turning up, getting a leaflet, or someone talking at them, and then walking away and thought, oh, I can't remember anything. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. So um, our approach certainly won't be kind of a, a legalistic one to education and um, uh, providing information. Uh, it'll be, you know, we want to um, be extremely effective uh, talk to people about their values um, and really make um, as much as anything we want to uh, let the athletes have um, regular contact with us and feel like they're being communicated to um, and feel that they can communicate back so that's you know we're quite ambitious in what we can do in modernizing and changing uh, our approach to educating athletes um, so we're, that's something we really look forward to getting stuck into over the next little bit. And, and with such a, I know that you're, you know, very newly you know, in the job, so I don't want to sort of put you on the spot. But that with such a, a broad remit, and uh, you know, your board are going to have to go to council to get more funding, uh, to the IWF council to yes. get more funding, to put those cases forward of, of the reasons why you need it, how it's going to be resourced. How do you go about prioritising what you're going to focus on in the in, in year one? Yep. Um, and have you had a, even a chance to really contemplate that? So it's a, it's a good question. Um, it, it has uh, arisen. First of all, our funding's $8 million US per year, which is basically double what it um, was for under the old regime. So that's a really good start. So that's the first thing to say. We've um, uh, definitely got a good start and um, uh, we'll be able to really build an effective team with that. The remit under the uh, Integrity Code of Conduct is very broad, so there will be um, a need to prioritise um, investigative resources and intel resources um, for sure. But that's kind of a part of any um, integrity unit or law enforcement function, um, and that's something um, you know that's a, a natural part of doing what we do. Um, and so we'll be able to manage that quite effectively. And um, you know, as for uh, uh, the budget, if in, in future we need more budget, it's our responsibility to explain to the whole athletics community um, and indeed the IWF Council what we're doing, how we're going about it, and if we if we do think we need more, we'll explain that. But um, for the time being, I'm really confident that they've made a good start with the investment into the unit. That's excellent. Mm. Um, thank you. Do you think this is going to be a model that, you know, not just the integrity union, but you've got um, I think it's was the ethical compliance officer. You've got like quite strict vetting rules now yes. about different officials that are tiered towards uh, the nature of the role. If they're one of the more senior executives or whether they're one of the more junior officials, you've got code of conduct. You've got the separate anti-doping review panel. You know, these structures. Um, if for a geek like me who's interested mm. in these type of things, <laughs> it is really interesting. Do you think this is almost like a, a bit of a test case or 
uh, for other, do you think other international federations are going to be looking at what you guys are doing, thinking um, of adopting a similar approach? Yeah, I think so. So um, I've looked at the reforms and I really believe in them. So um, that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. So um, and it's a big part of why I, you know, wanted the job. And um, I think they're a great set of reforms. I think um, you know they'll certainly be refined over time. You know, that's the nature of these things. Not everything will be uh, perfect. But I think in um, broad compass, uh, they're the my belief is that they're the right way to go. Um, certainly having the unit uh, set up ind- independently in an operational sense, but still within the sport. Um, having uh, a, a unit with a remit that covers anti-doping and all integrity issues um, is a big tick. And also some of the checks and balances within the system are, are really strong and really great ideas, like the vetting panel, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm really confident about... Um, the potential for this to be a, a model for other sports to look at so um, we're looking forward to being the guinea pigs if you like well I wish you um, uh, a lot of success with it because you know I said I, I read a lot of regulations uh, <laughs> from all over the world particularly international federations and um, it seems that there's a lot of good tools there if they can be put to use and uh, yeah that's what your your job is isn't it? yeah absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, one final question if there was um, one thing you could say was the biggest issue facing sport in terms of integrity. Yes. Um, and I don't necessarily mean that from just a superficial perspective, but from, a, from an expert's perspective, someone who's, this is your day-to-day job. Yes. What, what do you think is the sort of the biggest challenge at the moment? Uh, the biggest challenge, I think um, for us is, uh, well, I'm, I, I guess I'll talk specifically to us and then uh, bigger picture. It's um, regaining the trust of the athletics community, the athletes and the support people, the participants um, in what we do. So that involves a few things. So um, first of all, we have to show that we're independent and, and fiercely independent in the way we go about things. Second of all, um, the participants have to know that we're effective. I think it's very too easy to tell athletes to stand up and... Um, speak up and be uh, responsible um, for integrity um, if we're not doing our job of catching people who are doing the wrong thing. So we need to uh, make them believe in us and trust in us. Um, so they're the biggest issues, I think, for us coming off the you know the corruption scandals that uh, uh, the IAA have faced. Um, for all and and for all the sports similar to, similar to us, I think it involves having integrity come right down from the top, and um, that's a really really important message to be able to send to the world, and to the athletes and to the participants. Um, so our remit uh, covers that, um, uh, and it's a great credit to the IAAF who've um, given us the responsibility to investigate corruption issues of IWF officials so it's a really strong reform process so we're really well placed I think to meet that challenge but if I would say globally what the biggest challenge is is yeah that the, the fact that integrity has to come right from the top yeah I think that's a really good point uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more because one of the problems is you expect particularly with these integrity functions um, you're expecting people to essentially come forward and as you said be brave and bold and that, yeah, are you really going to submit that information if you don't believe the people running the sport have got integrity uh, or are going to take the right action? Um, so I think, yeah, 
I, I would agree. That's a, a very good observation. I wish you lots of success. Thanks for taking the time out. I know that you've had a, a crazy start to your role, and you're obviously the world champs. I know that you were doing a lot of, um, you know, roll, start starting the rollout of some of these initiatives already at the, yeah, the yeah. champs with education, which is which is great to hear. So, yeah, um, look forward to seeing how things develop. It's going to take a keen eye on the education uh, <laughs> sort of side, side of things, and um, yeah, wish you all the best. Thanks very much, Sean. Great to be here.